Okay, so imagine these softest sheets you've ever felt, and now imagine them getting even softer with every wash. Told you guys about this company before, but I'm gonna tell you again, and I'm honestly not gonna stop telling you because they are the best sheets on the market. In a recent customer survey, 96% said that Bowen brand sheets get softer with every wash, which I didn't take that survey, but if I did, I would have been in the 96% because I am telling you, it's like you've tried them at first and you can't believe that they could get softer and then they just continually do. A lot of things I like about this company. First of all, they're made with the rarest 100% organic cotton and are completely free from toxins. Second of all, they're buttery soft, but also breathable. So they kind of work in any season. They have over 11,000 reviews, 30 night worry-free guarantee. So you can wash style and sleep in their sheets for an entire month. And if you don't love them, you can send them right back. Their signature sheets come in 13 versatile colors in all sizes. So from twin up to California King, I have them in the color stone. I have the color mineral. I have a waffle blanket. Like I got a lot of things from this company and everything is just quality. I so badly need you to try them so that you can understand what I mean. I'm telling you, I've gotten these as gifts for so many people and everyone I know is hooked. Sleep better at night with the softest sheets from Bowl Branch. Get 15% off your first order when you use promo code CBC at BowlandBranch.com. That's Bowl Branch, B-O-L-L-A-N-D, branch.com, promo code is CBC. Exclusions apply, seaside for details. Okay, so we recorded the episode this morning and as we were doing some of the final rounds of edits, more things happened. So we wanted to just quickly come on and add a few little caveats slash fill in the blanks because this shit is unfolding faster than we can record. I actually cannot believe how quickly things have been coming out. (laughs) Well, we start out this episode basically wondering if Julia and Kanye have actually split up because we were talking about some of the comments and things seemed a little bit confusing. She then posted on her Insta story, quote, y'all would love if I was so upset. The media would love to paint a picture of me, a sad, lonely woman crying on a plane by myself, but it's not true. Why not see me for what I am, which is a number one hustler? I came up, y'all, LOL. And not only that, but Kanye and I are on good terms. I have love for him, but I wasn't in love with the man. Jesus Christ, what do you guys think I am, 12 years old? And for the record, the only time I cried in 2022 was on February 6th on my dead BFF's birthday. Anyway, if you want the faulty, you're going to have to buy the book when it comes out. Smiley face. If you're confused by any of that, we explain it fully in probably the first five minutes of this episode, reading one of the comments she left on a post. But yeah, so that's, they're confirmed broken up. I stand by what we said on the podcast, though, when we were still a little bit unsure that if in a couple of weeks we see them together and he's dressing her for something or they're out to dinner, I would not be surprised in the slightest. Completely. And by the way, she's right in the sense that people do run to create a narrative of like this very sad woman. And I believe her that she's not sad because like I said, a little bit later on, (laughs) this is what she wanted, just this entire spectacle. She was in it for the media manipulation the same exact way that he was. And that's probably why they worked because they were both willing to be almost like puppets in each other's game. Right, exactly. I don't fault anybody for assuming that she might be upset about this situation. I think if you're looking at the logistics of it and you see a woman who very publicly wrote a whole expose about their second date and was posting him and he was at her birthday party and then you're also seeing on social media he's trying to get his ex-wife back. Like, I don't think it's the craziest thing to assume that the other woman in that situation might have some hard feelings or might be a little bit upset. However, once you get to know Julia a little bit, it's so clearly not the case. It's almost like she's just removed from what I would imagine to be the emotional aspect of this is the best way that I can kind of put it. Like, I genuinely don't believe she's lying when she says she's almost unfazed. Yeah. I mean, listen, she seemed a little desensitized to a lot of things. And one of those things seemingly being this relationship with Kanye. So, I mean, by the way, and that's totally fine. If her take on this relationship is that she was just having fun and she got cloud out of it and she got fashion out of it and whatever else she wanted out of it, then good for her who needs her to be sensitized to it. Totally. And also, I mean, I'm not saying that this is the case with her, but she did go through some rather traumatic events in her life. And obviously desensitization is one of the biggest coping mechanisms with trauma and something that can happen from that. So I'm not saying the two are connected, but I'm also not saying it's the craziest thought. Like whatever way she wants to process this is totally fine. My point is just, I very much believe her that like she's on board for however this is going to play out. And I also am on your page that if in two months there's an opportunity that arises, she'd get right on that plane again because it's part of the whole game. Exactly. Yes. The other thing that happened after we finished recording was Kanye posted a photo of a black pickup truck with white writing that said, my vision is crystal clear. 
a K in both crystal and clear. And the back of the pickup truck was a bunch of red roses. The photo looked like it was either outside of Kim's house in the driveway, definitely in the development. And as we know, he bought the house right across the street. So it's not the craziest thing, but yeah, he has not slowed down posting wise. What is Kim supposed to do with this truck of roses outside her house? Like she's at Cipriani in New York. I know she's busy eating the vanilla meringue cake from Cipriani. Meanwhile, he's this fucking pickup truck parked in front of her house. Not that Kim is ever going to get back with him. I do truly believe that. Like there is a 0% chance. But in terms of the grand Valentine's Day things that you've pulled off, do you really think that a pickup truck of roses is going to wow her? (laughs) Maybe he's like, she clearly loves the simplicity. That's why she's with this Staten Island boy, Pete Davidson. And maybe adding in some simplicity and removing the grand gestures is the way to win her back. I don't know. For a guy who was so annoyed that he had to be responsible for a water bottle on a plane. And by the way, totally understandable. He's right. Like, now this is my problem. What the fuck am I going to have to do with it? Why do I have to be responsible? He (laughs) seems to have no problem leaving a pickup truck at Kim's house. What the fuck is she going to do with it? Now it's her responsibility? Do you think everybody listening knows the water bottle tweet? If not, we're going to put the link in the description. They must, right? They must. I just want you guys to know, Julie and I referenced that. I would say at least four times a week. Like anytime we're stuck with something we don't want, we're like, oh, this is so Kanye water bottle. You know what the funniest part about that tweet was, is that he was so crazy for it at the time. Everyone was like, what a ridiculous tweet. And now I can't even tell you in all seriousness, how many times I have referenced that tweet because it is so applicable to something in my life. And I honestly think he was spot on with it. Yeah. Somebody gives you something to hold. And now all of a sudden, this is your one responsibility in life. It's like, I did not ask for this. Exactly. Anyway, I don't really know what happened with this episode. It was a little bit of a whirlwind because things were happening as we were recording, but I'm sure we'll be back later this week to pick up some of the pieces. And thank you for bearing with us through this pretty chaotic time in pop culture. Hi guys, I'm Emma. And I'm Julie. And welcome back to another episode. Hey, Jewel. Hi, Ann. I'm so glad that we just posted this Julia Fox comment a few minutes before we started recording because I'm a little bit confused and I would love to use this opportunity to kind of discuss it as a group. Oh, I'm very confused. I like (laughs) when we post a comment that's very timely and we can break it down on the podcast. I actually am excited because I think that every topic we have that we're discussing today happened pretty much within the last 48 hours. So it's all so timely. Well, it's funny because we got a lot of DMs of people saying on Thursday's episode, you guys were expressing concern over not having enough content to talk about on Monday since you did a midweek recap, which we don't normally do. And basically saying like, look how wrong you were because of what happened in the last 48 to 72 hours, which we had no idea was coming. If I'm being honest though, I can't say that that stress is entirely alleviated because I do feel a certain sense of, okay, Kanye you know, took to Instagram in this way. What else is there left to say about him though? No, I am so on your page. And I think I realized it the most when we were getting a lot of messages of people wanting an emergency episode to discuss Connie's Instagram. And obviously our Monday episode lined up perfectly. So we didn't need to do an emergency episode. But I was thinking if this was a week that we were off or if this happened on a Wednesday or a Thursday and an emergency episode would have made sense, I don't even know what we would have really said because yes, there's clearly so much happening. And if people miss some of the posts and were confused by that, of course, we could go through and break those all down and try to explain some of what he was saying. But I don't know. I mean, I'd love people's opinions on this because I personally feel a little bit conflicted. It's like, on one hand, we're getting a front row seat to this content and we're learning so much. And there are a lot of Easter eggs in there that are interesting insight. At the same time, I feel like we are watching this man have a mental breakdown. And then because his medium is Instagram, it's turned into content. It's like a very weird thing that I don't necessarily know one, how to process and two, how to talk about in the best way, because you want to be sensitive to clearly what he's going through. At the same time, he's the one that's putting it out publicly and it is news. And then there's also a third element here to it, which is by discussing it and talking about it and posting about it, are we giving him attention that we don't want to be giving him? Like, are we not just me and you, obviously, just as the public, as everybody, like, are we encouraging behavior that we know should not be encouraged for the sake of entertainment value? Wait, while you were talking, Julia just responded to the comment that we posted, not on our post on Hollywood Unlocked. Should I read it to you? Yeah, please. 
Okay, so for anybody confused, what we had posted earlier today was Hollywood Unlocked posting Julia's story. And what her story was, was a screenshot of the headline from Daily Mail that read, it's all over for Kanye West and Julia Fox. Tearful actress jets out of LAX alone after liking his ex Kim Kardashian's Instagram post and deleting all photos of the rapper. And on her story, she wrote in quotes, tearfully laughing faces at Daily Mail. Y'all are straight trash. I haven't cried since 1997. And I especially wouldn't cry over this. If anything, I've been laughing more than before. And if I look like shit, it's because I got out at Terminal 1 and ran on foot to Terminal 7 because I was fucking late for a plane to go see the only men that matter, which is my son and my dad. She then commented on that post and said, and just for the record, I never stopped liking Kim's posts with the pink hearts. So someone on that post responded to her comment and said, you talked about the man in the press like you all were married, just desperate for the attention. Wasn't even 15 minutes, maybe like two minutes of fame. And she responded, he fucking wanted me to with exclamation points. Wow. Which is very interesting, although not at all surprising, because if you go back to weeks ago, pre-Caller Daddy, when she was doing the interview mag spreads, we were saying this is so clearly orchestrated by Kanye. Like making this entire thing a spectacle is exactly what he wants to do. And she clearly was on board with it. I don't even think it's just that she was on board with it. I think that she felt exactly similarly to how he felt. I think they both loved the spectacle it was creating. I think that he loved the attention from it and she loved the role she got to play in this entire saga. Totally. But I guess the main point is like, it's such an obvious critique to have over the type of press she was doing of like, oh God, this really has energy of someone that's been dating for two weeks and they're already telling people how they're married. That was not this. Like it so easily could have been if we were talking about two different people, but with this particular situation, these were two people that recognized the absurdity of it all and wanted to capitalize on it. And we're both equally as on board. Right, exactly. And I think that's the biggest element of their whole relationship, whether it's over or not, is that they were both equally as on board. As a side for a second, do you think they're fully broken up? Like, is that the vibe that you're getting? Yeah, it, it is. I mean, I guess two things are kind of pointing me in that direction. The first one being the past tense of he wanted me to in terms of making their relationship public. The other, I guess, the only men that matter being her dad and her son kind of points me to believe that like it, she's over him mattering. But again, I would never know with them. Like it, I could see them being together next week at a fashion event and everything's seemingly fine between them. So I have no idea. Their relationship was certainly not quote traditional from the start. So it's hard to judge it right now. Well, when she's on Call Her Daddy, she's saying that, yeah, in her mind, they would be boyfriend and girlfriend. That's how they refer to one another. And I guess in my mind, I just never really viewed it like that. I felt like they were both props in each other's games and using each other to their advantage. And that's why it worked. So if next week she happens to want to be in France and he's going to some show there and he wants to be with a woman that he can dress and she's down for that and it works out, sure. It's not that deep is kind of what I am trying to say. No, it's not that deep. I think they were both each other's version of what they wanted a boyfriend and girlfriend to be. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, the, the the whole thing. Listen, should we just get into the Kanye stuff? I don't necessarily know the best way to do this, but we're processing it like all of you so we can attempt. <laughs> yeah, let's let's try. So I'm a big fan of transparency across all aspects of life. Like generally speaking, there's pretty much nothing I wouldn't rather be told straight up. But specifically when I'm buying something or paying for a service, I just want to know what I'm getting myself into. And oftentimes there can be so much nonsense or so much yada yada. For example, sneaky terms hidden in the fine print of contracts or bills that randomly go up without properly alerting you or budget airlines with cheap fares, but then exorbitant fees to make up for it elsewhere. And we just should not need to be dealing with this type of yada yada in our lives. And yes, you could read every single word of every single contract, and that's one way of avoiding it. Or you can go with a trusted brand like Metro by T-Mobile that helps you to get ahead and not pull you back. That's right. You don't take yada yada from life, so don't take yada yada from your wireless provider. Metro by T-Mobile has no contracts, no credit checks, no surprises, and not a yada yada, which honestly gives so much peace of mind. Like, you shouldn't have to compromise for an okay option with sacrifices when you really deserve that full transparency. Stop by one of over 6,000 Metro stores nationwide. Let's talk about something near and dear to our hearts, our furry companions. Life is full of unexpected twists, just like the ones we love to uncover about our favorite celebs. But sometimes those twists involve our four-legged friends. 
Imagine navigating the unpredictable world of pet parenthood, where every day is a new adventure. Our partner, Spot Pet Insurance, wants to share a message to help make sure you're prepared for any unexpected curveballs, whether it's a sudden illness or an unplanned trip to the vet. Spot Pet Insurance can be your secret weapon against the unexpected. With Spot, you can get up to 90% cash back on eligible vet bills, helping you with those surprising expenses that seem to pop up when you least expect them. But wait, there's more. Spot Pet Insurance plans go beyond just offering coverage for accidents and illnesses. You can enhance your plan with their preventive care benefit, ensuring that routine wellness, vaccines, and more can be covered too. Head over to spotpet.com today to get a quote instantly. Trust us, it's the easiest thing you'll do to help secure the well-being of your dog or cat. Visit www.spotpet.com today. Paid ad from Spot Pet Insurance. Waiting periods, annual deductible, co-insurance, benefit limits, and exclusions may apply. For all terms, visit spotpetins.com slash sample hyphen policy. Insurance plans are underwritten by either Independence American Insurance Company or United States Fire Insurance Company and produced by Spot Pet Insurance Services, LLC. To take it back a step, this all really started when Kanye posted a headline that said, Billie Eilish dissed Travis Scott at her concert after she stopped the show to give her fan an inhaler. Quote, I wait for the people to be okay before I keep going. And he wrote, come on, Billy, we love you. Please apologize to Trav and to the families of the people who lost their lives. No one intended this to happen. Trav didn't have any idea of what was happening when he was on stage and was very hurt by what happened. And yes, Trav will be with me at Coachella, but now I need Billy to apologize before I perform. Because obviously she is performing as well at Coachella. And she commented on Kanye's post and said, literally never said a thing about Travis was just helping a fan. And you may have seen that we didn't post that on our grid, which I kind of want to try to explain at least our thought process behind not doing so, which was one that we really struggled with. Because on one hand, of course, we recognize how newsbreaking of a comment this is. Like Billie Eilish publicly responding to Kanye West's attack on her for her potentially saying something that even had a little bit of a negative connotation to Travis, even though, of course, she did nothing wrong and only did the right thing. But the reason we ultimately decided not to was because the entire thing just felt so disrespectful to the actual victims, which were the people that lost their lives at Astroworld. And like, I very much understand Billy was just defending herself and she was responding to this unprompted and ridiculous attack by Kanye. Like, of course she did nothing wrong. But the fact that a conversation was actually taking place that was Kanye demanding an apology from Billy, when it's like, What about the families that lost their loved ones and are still waiting for that apology? Like the whole thing was just backwards to us. And so we eventually said, you know what, let's just not even post this, which I know is a slippery slope because it's not like you endorse every single thing that you post. It just felt like the discourse was disrespectful in nature. And I'm not saying it was the right call not to post it, but that's just what we felt personally comfortable with. Yeah, we went back and forth for a really long time about whether or not to post it because I think we also had an element of discussing what it meant for ourselves, like what it meant for our account to pick and choose what posts to put up and what not to. And I think something that we realized at the end of the conversation when we made the decision not to post is like, I think one of the reasons that our feed works really well is because we are kind of pickier with what we choose to throw up. And it's not just every single comment that happens that could potentially be a news story. Like we really curate a feed. And so for us to say, you know, we don't feel comfortable putting this one up. Other people will cover it. It's not like we're depriving anybody from seeing this news story. I think we were able to be like, okay, we feel okay with not posting that. But we definitely struggled with that decision for a while. Yes. And especially because it wasn't like there was anything wrong with Billy's comment. She was just defending herself. I very much understood her position. Just, I think the whole thing for us felt disrespectful in nature. And I mean, do you know how ballsy it is to be demanding an apology from another celebrity who is just helping a fan because you think it may have been disrespectful to the man you're friends with that put on a festival that killed 11 people last time I checked? Like, I know that we don't have to support to the deepest lengths every single sentiment that goes on our grid, but this just felt like the real point was being lost. And I'm glad we had that conversation because I actually thought that the conclusion we came to of a realization that, you know what? Yeah, we're allowed to be a little bit more picky because we don't have this giant news corporation hanging over our heads that needs us to post anything that second it happens. And like, we can take that breath to decide if this makes sense or not. And so I was glad that the conversation actually happened because I think it was important for us going forward. Yeah, it was really important. I totally feel that way as well. And I like that in the end, the conclusion that we came to that really 
made us decide to not post it was the fact that we felt like this was being boiled down to celebrity drama and that's not what was happening here. So I, once we really broke down like, okay, what does this comment mean? What is this referring to? Is this insensitive? Like, I'm happy that we went through and we had that checklist of like, is it okay if we don't post this essentially? Yeah. And then, I mean, listen, you go a few days later and Kid Cudi responds to Kanye's post, which of course we didn't endorse what Kanye was saying regarding Kid Cudi because he's friends with Pete Davidson, but that really is just celebrity drama. You know what I mean? Okay. Kid Cudi's pissed at Kanye because he doesn't want him on his album because he's friends with Pete Davidson. Like that's not that serious. Of course, the root of this is all serious because clearly Kanye's mental health is in a really fragile state right now, but it's not like there are non-celebrity related victims that are going to be upset by Kid Cudi, Pete and Kanye fighting. Right. Exactly. I mean, listen, we can get into the Kanye post, you guys. It was a lot. It started with, of course, the Billie Eilish thing, then going into Kid Cudi, which was him saying, just so everyone knows, Cudi will not be on Donda because he's friends with you know who. We all speak in Billy language now. You know who being Pete. Kid Cudi comments, too bad I don't want to be on your album, you fucking dinosaur. Everyone knows I've been the best thing about your album since I met you. I'm a pray for you, brother. Kanye then posted the now iconic photo of him, Timothy Chalamet, Kid Cudi, and Pete Davidson at Nobu with an X over Pete's face and wrote, I just wanted my friend to have my back. The knife just goes in deeper. He then continued to post a bunch of different memes that he seemingly got from the Kanye Reddit of putting him and Pete's faces over various characters. He then posted a paparazzi photo of Kim and Pete and made the caption, look at this dickhead. I wonder if Instagram's going to shut down my page for dissing Hillary Clinton's ex-boyfriend. He then posted, which I do want to discuss, a screenshot of what appears to be a text message from Pete. It's a little bit cut off, but it says something like, I want you to know you as a man, I never get in the way of your children. It's a promise. How you guys go about raising your kids is your business and not mine. I do hope one day I can meet them and we can all be friends. And he captioned it in all capitals, no, you will never meet my children. Which, can we stop for a second and just discuss that? Yeah, I would love to. First of all, what a stand-up text from Pete and also, I guess, proof that they have had some interaction. I was shocked to see that. This was one of those points in this whole rant and this whole Instagram post where I'm like struggling with the fact of like, I have to look away. This is so hard to watch. And then all of a sudden, like, wow, this is the best insight that you're ever going to get. And like, that is such a human reaction to be struggling with both of those things at the exact same time. For sure. And to be honest with you, I really, if you were asking me to bet, I would have said that Pete and Kanye have had zero interaction. This really surprised me seeing this. No, this shocked me. And it was such a stand up text from Pete. I think it was not seeing even Pat who posted on our story. And she was like, bold of Kanye to post this considering all it's going to do is make us like Pete more. Wait, but also very interesting Back when there was the argument over Kanye saying that when he came to the house, security wouldn't let him in because Pete was there with Kim and the kids. And then in Kim's statement later on, she said, Pete has never been in the house. He's never met the children. This just kind of furthers that. Not that we didn't believe that, but it does kind of further what that source had said. Right. Well, the thing with Kanye in all of this is that we've clearly come to the conclusion that he's not a trustworthy narrator. Like in, in his view of all of this, there are things that are constantly contradicting itself. And that's probably the biggest one that we've seen for him to go on a whole rant in the Jason Lee interview about how Pete was in the house. And then to, without even acknowledging it, posting something that now confirms that he has never even met the kids. It's like, you're watching Kanye say every single thought that comes to mind, obviously, hence the fact that he hasn't given a single thought to any of these posts that he puts up. And that's why you're also seeing him constantly delete, repost, fix clarification, say he loves Cuddy, say he's mad at Cuddy. Like every single thing that he's thinking of in the moment, you're watching him put out and it's making it for a really untrustworthy source. And also Kim doesn't get to tell her side of the story out of maturity and responsibility. And I think most people, the majority of us are able to see through what's happening, but not everybody is. I know. And it's so sad because we're so clearly watching someone who is not in a stable mental state. And I feel for him, of course, but really in all of this, I just keep thinking about Kim and how deeply frustrating it must be that there are so many different things being said about her and 
the self-control it must take to not respond individually to each one, even though she knows, of course, at the end of the day, that is the right move. And it's so much more powerful, one, when she only does it occasionally like she did in that Insta story a few weeks ago. And second of all, that the majority of people aren't believing every word he says, but it's like a constant character attack that you're forced to almost be silent about because engaging with it only worsens the situation. And when Kanye says in a lot of his posts, you know, we are public figures and our currency is public opinion and we're on a public stage. He's right in all of that, you know, to a certain level, of course they are. And that's the reason they've had this level of wealth and this level of fame. At the same time, though, there are certain things that it's just not benefiting anyone by speaking about publicly. Yeah, well, Kim has clearly also learned the art of let Kanye talk himself into the ground. Like he will continue to talk in circles and circles. And if you are on his side or maybe really team Kanye in the beginning of the rant, he'll eventually dig himself a hole so deep that you couldn't logically feel that way. And I think that based again off all of the previous times that this has happened, as sad as it is, I think Kim knows that to be the case. And so I don't think she feels the need to step in. I think she only feels the need to step in when it comes to her kids. And I think that that's the time in which it's important for her to defend herself. I don't think she feels any responsibility to defend Pete in all of this, not because she doesn't feel that way towards him, just because she knows that it would only make things worse for him. And to let it just be is probably the safer, better option. Completely. And I think aside from knowing how much that would rile Kanye up on top of it, she knows she doesn't need to. Like the majority of people witnessing this know that it has nothing really to do with Pete. And Pete is just kind of the stand in for any man that would be in this role. It's interesting because even now, as of this morning, the tone of his posts are now kind of changing. Obviously, he's keeping the same energy with the Pete stuff, but he's now again going from. Kim is destroying my life to, I want my family back together. Well, so Kim and Pete went on a date at Lilia in Brooklyn this weekend, and she was wearing an all silver outfit with this beautiful silver coat. And he posted a screenshot of the paparazzi photo of her and Pete and wrote, I don't have beef with Kim. I love my family. So stop that narrative. I'm not giving up on my family. I bought this coat for Kim before SNL. I thought it was particularly special. I have faith that we'll be back together. I never had anything against Daily Mail. I got love for everyone in the media and I wish you all the happiness in the world. I speak directly to the media outlets the same way a ball player speaks to the refs. The world is our court, like a basketball court and the court of public opinion. We have a public relationship because we are public figures. So to the public and to the press, sometimes people call me crazy, but to be in love is to be crazy about something. And I'm crazy about my family. Happy Valentine's. I I just want to ask him, like, I want to sit him down and be like, no disrespect. Just how do you think that going about this in this way is going to help you get your family back. I know. And I just keep going to Kim and all of this because I find myself having like a stupid amount of anger for a man that I've never met that has no impact on my life, right? What Kanye does with his life and himself really impacts me 0%. But I find that it upsets me so much because the person that is the target of his attack is somebody that I do have so much respect for and a woman that has so much going on. And I know logically that Clearly, this is not impacting Kim's career. It's not impacting her public reputation. It's not impacting her money. I would say that the majority of people have a very clear picture of what's going on here. But just as a human being, mental health-wise, this is not healthy. You know, I'm sure her nervous system is shot, never knowing what to expect, when it's going to come, how intense it's going to be. And I think the thing that pisses me off the most is not to say Kanye is a bad father. I think he cares deeply about those children. But just objectively, Kim is the one that is spending more time with them. And how are you going to do everything in your power to break down the mental health slash sanity of the woman that is taking care of your children? It is so backwards. Like it's never right regardless. They could have no kids together and this would be so wrong. But also this is the main caregiver for your children. And you want her to be in the best headspace to be able to take the best care of her children, your children. And she can't do that when you are just constantly coming at her all day and all night. Right. It's so hard to watch because you feel for Kim so deeply and you're watching these posts roll out. And obviously some of Kanye's intention behind these posts is humor, like the memes that he's posting, certain lines that are being read out of context. Like from his point of view, there is humor in that. And the way that the internet takes it a lot of times also finds the humor in that. 
And I think that maybe if there weren't kids and Kim involved, it would be easier to jump onto that thought process. But I think when you're viewing this situation and you so deeply feel for Kim and her mental health and the fact that she has to figure out a way to co-parent with this person, it's like any ounce of humor just immediately is absolved because it's so heartbreaking when you break down what is actually happening in front of your eyes. Right. And the other thing in all of this, kind of just from a legal perspective, which I'm not even remotely well-versed in, but we did have some lawyers reaching out to us, is like the thing that Kanye cares the absolute most about in this world is his children. Yet what he's doing and what he's posting could directly impact him negatively in court. You know, this could all be used as evidence. There was a TikTok of someone saying like, I know there's some legal aid whose Sunday is ruined right now by having to constantly monitor Kanye's social. You know, these are all things that could directly impact him in terms of the custody battle and the amount of time he's allowed with his children, which I can imagine how heartbreaking that must be for him. But you're watching it, knowing the root cause of what he's upset about, yet also knowing that what he's posting could only negatively impact him in that same regard. So it's it's a really hard spot to be in. You're watching like one eye open, one eye closed. Yeah, no, that's exactly right. I have to say, I'm really happy that, weirdly enough, that Pete is the person that Kim is dating during this, not just because he does seem like a really good stand-up guy. That's always been my impression of him. And if anything, that text that we read before really solidified his role in all of this. But because more than anything, I think that element of humor that he must bring to their relationship is probably her saving grace right now. Like to be able to laugh at all of this and find the ability to do so, which I'm sure Pete has figured out, must be the thing that Kim is really holding on to right now. Oh, for sure. And the other thing I wanted to mention was even this morning when we had started to record, there were more paparazzi photos of them from New York when she was in a different outfit. And what makes me really happy is that she knows clearly what's going on with Kanye and it's not stopping her from doing what she wants to do. Like she knows that seeing those paparazzi photos may spark or incite a reaction from him. And it's not that she wants that or welcomes that, but she's unwilling to let that be a deterrent from living her life, which is maybe exactly what he wants. So I was glad to see that she's still continuing even knowing what that could bring. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I don't, there's so much more. Obviously one of his most recent posts this morning was taking screenshots of positive comments left on his account and he made his caption. Thank you guys for your support of my family. My family means more to me than any other accomplishment in life. If anyone loves me and my family, if you see skeet in real life, scream at the loser at the top of your lungs and say Kim Ye forever. I mean, come on. It's abusive is what it is. I understand that this is a man in the midst of a mental health crisis. I, I get that. I have a lot of empathy for him. I swear to you, I do. But what he is doing to Kim is abusive behavior. Yeah. I mean, I don't know how you claim your kids are the most important thing in the world to you and then subject them to this and subject their mother to this. Claim your family is so important. All you want is your family back and then continue to act like that. But I mean, I guess it would be impossible to ignore that that's the mental health at play here. I mean, we cannot remove that from this conversation. And with all of the feelings we have about Kanye and the way that he's going about this and how negative those feelings are, it can't be completely removed from the conversation. What else is happening here? Yeah. And I think that that's the entire conversation that just because you have a reason for someone's behavior and you know logically what's happening, it still doesn't take the pain away. You know, for Kim, even if she is very aware of what's happening here and she actually chooses to forgive him, your body doesn't forget that trauma. And I believe, I really do believe that what's happening here is traumatic for her and that she must be in a constant state of almost being tensed up as like a bodily reaction to protect herself from this. And the whole thing is just so sad. It's so fucked up. I don't know what else to say. I don't know if there's a right way to discuss this because we can't not to discuss it. It's huge news, obviously, but it's terrible. I mean, it's absolutely terrible. Imagine how anxiety provoking it is just as somebody observing it, what it must be like to actually be involved. No, I, I mean, I can't even imagine. I really can't. I feel, I feel for Kim so, so deeply in this situation. I don't know about you guys, but I am one of those people where every year on Daylight Savings, having that extra hour of light in the evening just like completely transforms my mood. I feel like I am not me when it gets dark at 4 p.m. And obviously the flip side of that is that first morning after springing forward can be rough. 
So I want to tell you about something that can make it so much easier, so much more enjoyable. It's called Hatch. And Hatch can help you choose sleep, prioritize healthy habits, and then also make the time change transition seamless and enjoyable. So the Hatch Restore helps you build sleep habits that make your unwind and wake routines simple and enjoyable. So a phone-free bedtime, no matter what time of year it is, which again, is really a habit I'm trying to change this year, and this has very much helped it. And then with the Hatch Plus subscription, you can access the latest routine building features like Cue to Unwind, which signals you that it's time for bed, and Pillow Talk, which is kind of like your favorite shows or socials without the screen to keep you up. For me, that's like such a wonderful feature because it helps me unwind, but not in a way that feels unnatural. It's kind of like the benefit I get from scrolling my phone without scrolling my phone. And then waking up in the morning is just so much more peaceful. Like I don't think it's good to wake up to that jarring alarm sound. So to have kind of an easy wake up, I've just really enjoyed my morning so much more. Right now, Hatch is offering our listeners $20 off your purchase of the Hatch Restore and free shipping at hatch.co slash CBC. Visit hatch.co slash CBC to get $20 off and free shipping. Hatch.co slash CBC. When on the hunt for a new apartment, we obviously all have things that are kind of non-negotiables for us. I would say for me, top of that list is probably natural light. Just because I know myself, I know I'm more productive throughout the day. I'm honestly just happier throughout the day when I'm getting a lot of natural light. And it's important to know what you want and then really to be able to get that. You know, this is your space that you're living in. So apartments.com has helped millions of renters find their perfect place with powerful search tools to help find a rental listing that checks all your specific unique boxes. So first of all, they have 3D virtual tours. So when you can't be there in person, you can take a tour of your possible future home, which is huge because it's one thing for someone to send you photos or to tell you about it, but really to be able to do kind of a virtual walkthrough to me is huge. Also, apartments.com has the most pet-friendly rental listings on the internet, and they have amenity filters, so you can make sure your possible future home has all the amenities you need, whether that's in-unit washer-dryer, air conditioning, dishwasher, balcony. For me, in my next place, in-unit washer-dryer is like hands down, very, very high. So visit apartments.com, the place to find a place. Also for a moment of levity in the midst of all of the stuff that's going on that feels so intense, what a fucking phenomenal Super Bowl halftime show. Incredible. I loved every single second of it. And I was so happy that you and I got to watch that together. Dr. Dre, Snoop, Kendrick, Mary J. Blige, Eminem, 50 Cent. It was everything. I saw a tweet that was like, this was the first time in a very, very long time where the second it was over, I turned to the person next to me and was like, that's it. And that's exactly how I felt. Yes, that is the perfect way to put it. I said, my only complaint is that I wish it was longer. And I don't always feel that way. Like a lot of times you watch Super Bowl show and you're like, okay, that was good. And it it ran its course. This time I was like, are you kidding? How are you not going to give us 10 more minutes of this? Like I think back to JLo and Shakira from last year, which was incredible. I know there were a lot of mixed opinions, but I remember you and I absolutely loved it. But it wasn't like when it was over, I felt like I wanted to keep watching it. And I think maybe that comes from the fact that that one was so clearly about the theatrics, whereas this one, it was almost stripped down. Like, yeah, the set was really cool, but it was just so much about the power of each of them individually and what they were saying. And there was almost this real casual nature to the whole thing that just made it so much more cool. It was exceptional, like truly one of my favorite I have ever seen in my entire life. I know. I also think that the reason that all of us were like, oh, that's it. Like, are you kidding? Is because all of them have so many hits that to reduce that number of artists to just a 10 minute performance was like, it felt criminal. I was like, I could have listened. First of all, Eminem on his own, I could have listened to forever. Snoop Dogg was having the time of his life up there. I actually felt bad that somebody had to kick him off the stage because it was done. Like I've never seen him happier. I feel like. I know. Dr. Dre was in his element. Mary J. Blige, 50 Cent, hanging upside down, an ode to the In the Club music video. Like, are you fucking kidding me? It was everything. And the nostalgia was just flooding us. Let me tell you something. Julie and I did not turn on the Super Bowl for one minute of the actual game. If it wasn't on Twitter, I couldn't have even told you who won. But the joy that we got from those 10 or so minutes (laughs) carried me through the evening. Yeah, it made it all worth it. It was the only thing worth watching because anything else worth watching, aka the celebrities in the audience, was all posted about on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. The Super Bowl is obviously always a very star-studded event, but the fact that it was in LA this year, 
out of control. I mean, you have Justin Haley, Kendall, and Devin. You have Judd Apatow sitting behind Kanye narrating the entire experience on Instagram. You have Sarah Jessica Parker sitting behind Tom Hanks reading a book. JLo and Ben dancing. You have Cardi and Offset, obviously Beyonce and Jay-Z. Martha Stewart there with everybody under the sun and having the time of her fucking life. LeBron James with the hottest dancing video I have ever seen. Like That was my Super Bowl, just watching the celebrities in the audience. That's exactly what I felt. But also, like, it didn't even feel like a Super Bowl. It felt like an L.A. event. I was like, oh, look at this classic celeb-packed event. I was like, oh, and there's also a game going on that the rest of the country cares about. Like, sometimes you forget when there's so many celebrities in one spot that, like, there's also other people there. I was like, you guys all came here for Revolve? <laughs> First of all, that's fucking funny. But it, we, I, let me tell you guys something. When Julie and I saw the video of LeBron dancing, we turned to each other and we were like, no, this is this is so hot. It feels illegal how hot it is. That, and he does it so often. I'm like, are you trying to kill me? Yeah, God. It was just incredible and so much fun. And I am so happy that hip hop and R&B got the presence on the Super Bowl stage as it should. And I could watch that 10 times over, truly. Do you have any guesses for who the next year's halftime show is going to be? Not even one. Do you? No, but I really want it to be Britney. Do you think? I mean, could you imagine? I, I don't know. I, I could see them making a real big push for it. Like, I really could. I don't know if it's something that she would ever want to do, but how epic would that be? And we also have hypothesized about how this year and next year will be the return of Lindsay Lohan. So a year where Lindsay Lohan is selling out box offices and Britney Spears is the Super Bowl halftime performer. Like that is my dream. That's what I wanted my entire childhood to be. If Mary-Kate and Olsen are in the audience, like I would just drop dead. Uh, from your mouth to God's ears. I feel like makeup in general and specifically a daily makeup routine is so personal and that We've all kind of gotten down to a science, what works for us, what we need before we leave the house, like where do we feel our most comfortable? And for me on a daily basis, I wear really, really minimal makeup. I actually think I feel the most comfortable with the least amount of makeup, but my two Holy Grail products always have been, I think always will be are mascara and lip gloss, maybe a little highlight on the inner corner if I'm feeling crazy. But honestly, whether you are fresh face, full glam, wherever you fall, you have probably seen Thrive Cosmetics Viral Tubing Mascara. It's the one in that turquoise tube that you see all over social media. So Thrive Cosmetics beauty products are certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free, made with clean, skin-loving ingredients, high-performance and trademark formulas, and uncompromising standards. They have a lot of great products, but the one I want to focus on is the Liquid Lash Extensions Mascara. First of all, it lasts all day without clumping, smudging, or flaking, which I'm telling you right now, I have a zero tolerance policy for flaking with my mascara. Like I'm just not trying to put you on my lashes if you're going to flake. And they have a flake-free tubing formula that dramatically lengthens and defines your lashes from root to tip. So it kind of looks like lash extensions without the damaging glue or salon prices. Also super easy removal, slides right off with warm water and a washcloth, no soap required. And it has nourishing ingredients that support longer, stronger, and healthier looking lashes over time. It's just like very much worth the hype. I had seen it a lot. And once I tried it, I was like, oh, okay, this is why I see it everywhere. Thrive Cosmetics is luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com slash CBC. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S dot com slash CBC for 20% off your first order. We all get bogged down with the mundane tasks of life, especially this time of year. But isn't it time you take a break from your normal, boring routine? Don't just sit on the sidelines and watch life go by. Get in the game with the bold tropical lime flavor of Mountain Dew Baja Blast. You can be having a blast anywhere. Having a blast at work, having a blast in traffic, having a blast while you file your taxes. No, really, we mean it when we say anywhere. With Baja Blast now in stores everywhere, you can be having a blast whenever and wherever you are all year long. So what are you waiting for? Pick up an ice cold Baja Blast today at a store near you. And for a limited time with every purchase of Baja Blast in stores and at participating Taco Bell locations, you can collect coins for a chance to get Baja gear or a Taco Bell deal. This swag is available for a limited time only, so don't wait. Grab a Baja Blast and start having a blast right away. No purchase necessary, open to U.S. residents 18 or older, subject to official rules at BajaBlast.com. Ends June 15, 2024, void where prohibited.
So I guess it was a month or two ago, there were rumors circulating that Julia Hart from My Unorthodox Life and her husband Silvio had split up. And I remember I was discussing it on the podcast, not really knowing what was true or not. She posted a photo of them, which kind of was a confirmation that they were still together. We know that My Unorthodox Life season two has begun filming. So there were a lot of questions, but it turns out that she has officially filed for divorce. And a few hours before she filed, he fired her as CEO of Elite World Group, which of course is the company that he owns. So holy shit. I mean, this is playing out in a way that I didn't expect. I always expected that something would come as a result of the show because the story didn't add up. And that's the thing that we kept saying. And I almost felt like I was going crazy at a certain point when I kept being like, none of this makes sense. And her husband's involvement in the company being like almost strategically left out of the show didn't make sense. Like I always felt like in terms of the money and the career and her relationship with her husband in a business sense, I always felt like there was something that was going to come out as a result of the show and airing that out because nothing added up. I don't know if I necessarily saw this coming in terms of the demise of their marriage. Well, it's interesting because I don't know what was going on with them relationship-wise, like emotionally or romantically. I don't know any of that. But legally, what's happening publicly is wild because he is now suing her, accusing her of illegally withdrawing $850,000 from a company account. And in the court documents that were obtained by page six, it says, quote, Hart made the illegal withdrawal upon receiving notice from the directors of Elite World Group, a wholly owned subsidiary of Freedom Holding, that they would be voting at the next board meeting on a proposal to dismiss her as CEO. The very next day, Hart illegally transferred $850,000 from Freedom Holding to defendant Hart Dynasty LLC, a limited liability company controlled by Hart, meaning she had noticed that she was about to be fired and then removed the eight hundred and fifty dollars Then, Page Six asked a source that was close to the company what the tipping point was for her being fired, and they said, quote, the way she ran his company is her personal pocketbook. Then, this was another insider who apparently knows Julia, said, quote, Julia was spending on extras like travel, glam, clothes, driver. She's a full-time driver in two Bentleys. She has a Hamptons rental. She flies private. She stays at the penthouse at luxury hotels. She has custom Chanel and Gucci. She's one of the top spenders globally at Louis Vuitton. She is fighting the firing. She hired Marty Singer, who's like one of the most famous lawyers, and she filed a restraining order against Silvio, accusing him of threatening her and also of anti-Semitism. Her lawyer, Marty Singer, released this to page six saying, quote, the claims against Julia Hart are not based in fact and an attempt for Silvio Scoglia to take the attention off of his own history of failed investments. In fact, the company still owned by Scoglia that has any value is the company that was run by Hart, who took over the operations of the business. And as a result, its valuation has increased over five times from 90 million to 500 million. The account that is the basis of a lawsuit is a jointly owned account and the same account that Mr. Scoglia used to pay his own divorce lawyers. Earlier today, Julia filed an action in the Delaware Court of Chancery to address the actions taken by Mr. Scaglia, including her unauthorized purported termination. Let me tell you something. That is messy. That's really messy. That's messier than I was ever, ever guessing. I mean, just in general, the life that they were living together was ridiculously extravagant. And I know that he was a billionaire. They had a lot of money. But even for billionaires, it just seemed like overly lavish, almost like stupidly lavish, you know? And so then for him to make this claim about her withdrawing funds from elite, her having the restraining order, the threatening of her life, plus the anti-Semitism, like this is a lot. No, I mean, this is crazy. It's a lot. I can't say I'm entirely shocked. That would be a lie for me to say like, this came out of nowhere. I, I don't think anybody would make that claim. But again, the extent to what this is and what this is pointing out is is a little bit shocking to me. I'm so curious Obviously, when we were talking about season two of My Unorthodox Life, so much of what we were focused on was Batsheva's divorce. I wonder how this plot line will impact season two or if it's too late and filming's already done and it won't have a role in it. I'm very interested to see that play out. Oh, I mean, for her and her mom to both be going through a divorce basically at the same time, that's a pretty unique plot line. Well, yeah, and then you throw legal issues on top of that. And depending what they do and don't want to have on camera, you're just... I have a feeling that when season two concludes of the show, we'll be more confused than we were at season one. The whole thing though, like you said, there was so much confusion and there was such a lack of clarity and transparency, even though I loved it. I mean, I was obsessed with the show, but it wasn't. It was, The entire thing was delivered in a way that was very misleading to what actually happened in addition to 
a lot of other factors that we discussed at the time. So I, I can't, I guess I can't say that I feel hopeful that this will be discussed in a way that wouldn't leave us more confused, like you said. No, you just, you have to watch it with that perspective and understanding. Yeah. God, I wonder if this is an instance where they're like, you know what? We could have dealt with this all privately if we didn't go on this fucking reality show, but we couldn't resist the urge for a Netflix reality show. And now our world is crumbling and it's going to be documented or if they don't mind that. Don't you constantly feel that way about so many different people? Like you could have just stayed low. You didn't have to expose your life and now you've exposed your life and it's ended up worse than it was before. That's how I feel about every real housewife that ever has any sort of a legal issue. It's like, this would not be breaking news. You would never be the target of every single headline if you just didn't go on a reality show. But for some people, that desire for fame is so strong. And I mean, I don't know. Who's to say that they're upset about this being documented? Maybe they like it. Maybe they think that public opinion could be helpful. I don't know. I have no idea. I don't even necessarily feel that way with Housewives with legal issues. I feel that way with any reality star ever that's chosen to put themselves out there and then maybe says thing on the show that people disagree with and they get really upset by or say something out of the show that people, and it's like, you asked for this. Like, how do you put yourself in a position that you didn't have to be in? I don't know. It's something that always confuses me. I, I think about this constantly and I don't even know if it's a logical thought or if it's my projection of how badly I wouldn't ever want to end up in that scenario, no matter what the possible greatest outcome was. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I just think fame is really enticing to some people and it can be almost blinding. But this is wild. I'm telling you one thing. <laughs> I know one thing to be true, and that is we have not seen the end of this whole saga because it's about to play out very messily. I, for sure. Also, Kylie named her baby Wolf, which we didn't even talk about. <laughs> I know. I mean, listen, it, it'll be like every single other one of the baby names. It'll grow on us. Yes. And I'm just glad we have a name and the rumors will be put to rest. And uh, I can't believe Kylie naming her kid was like hands down the least important thing that happened this week or least exciting, I guess you could say. Maybe if she had thrown a picture with the name, it would have bumped it up in terms of news stories, but a gray background Insta story announcing the name. I'm sorry. It's 2022. <laughs> You're going to have to give me a little bit more. Gonna have to do better when Julia Hart and her ex-husband Silvio are in a massive lawsuit over misappropriated funds from Elite World Group. Because right now my attention's going there. That's what I want to say to the baby. Like I want to look Wolf Webster as two weeks old in the eye and be like, "Listen, let me tell you your place in this world. Never ever should your name come out and a story come out about you that's less exciting than Julia Hart. <laughs> Get it together. It's not his fault." I Listen, it's never too early to learn. <laughs> Is there anything else you would like to mention? I don't think so. I just loved last night's euphoria. It was so good. Not what I was expecting, but so good. I was expecting a little more Cassie Maddie direct drama, but the way that it played out almost as two separate storylines was insane. It was so good. And I can't wait for next week. And I can't believe this season's almost over. I'm like upset about it. I'm just stressed at how they're going to fill in all of the remaining plot lines in so few episodes. Like there's so much left that we have to, <laughs> we have to discuss. <laughs> I know there's a lot, there's a lot of questions left to be answered, but that's also why we have a season three. We may have to accept the fact that season two ends and we still have a lot of questions. Like the third Jacobs brother, I don't think that's an answer that we're getting so quickly. I think that's one that's going to continue on for a long time. Yeah, no, there's so much. Oh, wow. That was phenomenal. Okay. Well, we love you guys so much. Thank you for listening and for letting us do this. And I think that's all for today. We'll be back later this week. Bye.